This is the Matt Beck Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Matt Beck Podcast. I'm really excited to see everybody joining uh, on YouTube. Today, what I'm going to be talking about is gaining more YouTube subscribers, getting YouTube subscribers fast, basically. Um, now, you guys know I've had a YouTube channel for quite a while, and that YouTube channel, we have about 417,000 subscribers, which in uh, the YouTube world isn't a lot, right? So I'm not going to sit here and say I know how to become a viral uh, YouTube video person, but what I will say to you guys is I've built a business around YouTube and also social media, so which is free salon education. So uh, what I want to talk to you guys about is kind of that, like building a business uh, within YouTube and, uh, and how to grow that quick. Um, because I think we've been doing it now uh, with Free Salon Education on YouTube for about three and a half, four years. And um, so we've been able to grow pretty fast, I believe, um, compared to a lot of channels. And what I want to talk to you guys about is getting the right people watching. So it's not about having a million subscribers, you could have a thousand subscribers and also still be uh, successful within the YouTube kind of realm of things. So um, post any questions that you have in the chat. If you're listening to this on iTunes later on or SoundCloud or any other uh, device, audio device, you can always join live um, by following me on YouTube. Go to fseyoutube.com. So also, um, if YouTube's not your thing, I also have a couple other questions from some people that listen in uh, that sent the questions to me, so I'm going to answer those as well, um, all about, um, did I think I would want to get into hair, like was that my first choice in business, and also um, faster techniques on cutting layers, so we're going to discuss that as well. So let's talk about getting more YouTube subscribers fast. My big thing with getting YouTube subscribers is you got to figure out what your uh, YouTube channel is all about. I think a lot of people uh, go into it with one idea and they end up all over the place and creating all different types of content. Um, and they're not specific with what they're trying to create. So it becomes very confusing for people uh, that are watching. Um, I know that we actually struggled a little bit at the beginning because I had a, a barbering video. It was a men's cutting video that took off. It, it had... Uh, like a million views within the first six months of putting it out. Um, I did a popular barber's haircut. It was like a pompadour haircut. And the challenge with that was that um, I got a lot of barbers watching, but that's not really what I do. I, I do cut men's hair. I love cutting men's hair, but I'm not a barber. Um, and so the challenge came that I got a lot of barbers subscribing. And then when I was putting out women's haircuts a lot, it, it kind of defeated the purpose. So um, that really helped me learn, and we talked about this yesterday on the podcast, you mess things up or you do things a little bit wrong and you learn from them. Also, we put out a video, uh, Brian put out a video, had over a million views, it was a balayage video, and we put the wrong music in, we put somebody else's music, and YouTube pays you, they don't pay you a lot at all. Um, nobody's, unless you're getting a million views a day, uh, on YouTube, you're not really making a lot of money, but, um, but you would make a little bit of money. And like with Brian's video, we put it out, put somebody else's music on it and you don't get anything when you do that. So, you know, you learn from things and then you grow, uh, and you make adjustments and you continue on. So that's kind of my big thing right away is figure out what your channel's about, 
post that content consistently. Um, so, and then search for questions on that subject. So where I think I became a little more successful with YouTube was the fact that I taught in hair salons for 10 years and I taught in hair salons every single week. Um, I heard the questions that people were asking. I, I got to the point when I was going into a salon, it was almost boring because you would go into the salon, you'd know every single question that they were going to ask before they even asked it, um, which made it a good class, I think, because um, you brought the content that they were looking for. But that kind of like fun, like not knowing the answer kind of thing um, can be a little bit more exciting when you're an educator and it, it becomes a little boring when you know exactly the challenges people are going to have. So when I flipped it into a YouTube channel, I just thought about all those questions and I started creating videos answering those questions and it that's what really made it take off. It was creating content that people was really valuable to people. Um, I don't think I'm going to talk about, let's see. The other thing I'm trying to get good at with this podcast thing is the fact that on a YouTube video, I'll talk a lot and I talk really fast and I'm trying to slow myself a bit and breathe, which is a, a challenging thing for me. So um, here's the thing. The other challenge or the other mistake that I made when I first started posting YouTube videos was I labeled them. I, I titled it um, not to answer the question or to ask the question because when people search things, you got to think about when somebody's trying to find your video, what are they searching for? So you got to label that video very specific because it's got to come up in a search engine if you want to grow quickly. And I would put out videos like a big cool thing in the hair industry back in the day was to name the haircut what the model's name was. So let's say it's like the Erica haircut, right? Uh, Erica is the mannequin that I use all the time. If I call it the Erica haircut, no one's looking up the Erica haircut. Uh, so that's going to hinder the views that you get on the internet as well because you're not being specific in the title. So that doesn't really matter whether it's a haircutting video, a color video, a, a computer uh, tech video, anything that it is, you got to answer the, you got to ask the question or put an answer to a question in the title of the video and make it very specific so that people, when they're searching, that's what they find. Okay, so uh, the next thing is, so you search for questions on the subject, right? So I, I'm going to make a channel about hairdressing. So I want to find, I want to check every forum. I want to look at where hairdressers are talking, where people are asking questions. And then I want to create videos that answer those questions because that's what it's all about. Look for, when you look in a hairdresser forum and you see uh, somebody ask a question and then you see a big reaction from it, like you see somebody uh, posting like 70, 100 different answers or questions to it and it gets a lot of attention in there. That's what you want to create videos on because that's what people are looking for. That's what people are interested in. So just make sure you stick with that. Then create the videos based on those challenges. Now, what I found with YouTube, I kind of went against the grain with YouTube because um, growing up as a hairdresser watching videos, I really liked the full step-by-step -step videos. Um, that's <coughs> Jeez. That's the reason that I really love um, YouTube as a platform because unlike most other platforms, you have a certain amount of time to tell your story because uh, the internet in general, most people don't watch a video over, I think, 20 seconds or something like that. It's probably even less. So, um, But on YouTube, I didn't really care 
if I got the masses to watch it. Well, I mean, obviously, I, I wanted more people to watch it, but it wasn't my goal to create a viral video. My goal was to educate people. So I made sure that um, I kept the videos around 10 minutes and the people that really wanted to learn would hang in there. So if it was 20 minutes, 30 minutes where like people are doing Facebook lives now and they're on there for an hour and a half, no one's no one cares that much. Right. So no one wants to sit through all that. But if you're if you can sum it up in 10 minutes and show every single step that you did, I think that that worked best for me. Um, next thing. Make good quality content now. <coughs> sorry, I've been sick for a month, but I'm getting through it. Uh, make good quality content. This is the thing. So you cannot it's not about the quality like HD quality or um or anything like that, but but it has to be watchable, right? So my first videos that I made are not the greatest quality of content. I made them on the first, the very first uh, iPad that came out, and I filmed it on the iPad. So you got to realize that nowadays, if you look at footage from an old iPad, it doesn't look good at all. But people still watch those videos, and the reason is the context in the post um, is interesting, right? I didn't use the sound from the iPad because it's terrible. So I bought a microphone and I hooked it up to my computer and I voiced it over. Um, and that worked really well because you could have pretty good uh, like video footage and then you had re really good audio to go over top of that. And then what I couldn't compensate for, uh, I put music uh, behind the video and that sounded better. So make good quality content. Don't overextend it. Show the parts that really matter and you'll grow quicker in that way. Also, cover photo is key. We did a whole thing uh, on a past podcast just last week uh, on cover photos. Cover photos are so important. It tells exactly what the video is about. Most people are visual people, so they're not really even reading the title till they see the cover photo. So you want to make sure that your cover photo makes sense. Today, we just shot a video uh, doing the Black Panther things for our podcast we're doing tonight live. Uh, so if you guys want to check it out, we're doing a live podcast tonight, doing some hair from the premiere of Black Panther, uh, some really cool hairstyles. So um, what I love about um, that, so we shot it, and then I had Danielle kind of pose, um, acting like she's putting in a bobby pin. And that's where I'm going to take the screenshot for the video, and then I'm going to put it into... Lightroom and I'm going to edit it um, and then put it up for the caption of the video. Too many people uh, post a video and then they just take a clip from that because YouTube will curate some clips from it and then they'll just select one. The challenge with that is that it's usually blurry. It doesn't really look that good. You really want that to stand out. It is the cover. I think of it as like when you go to the movie store, <laughs> no one goes to a movie store anymore. When you're looking through movies, and you see uh, something that looks really interesting, then you watch it. If it doesn't look that interesting, it's the same thing I go to uh, to the liquor store to buy a bottle of wine. I usually look at the packaging because I look for something that's interesting first, then I read about it, then I purchase it. So I'm, I'm always a cover kind of guy, and then I look a little deeper after that, and I think a lot of people are like that as well. Um, last thing... Don't be misleading. So this is a tough one. Um, and the reason I say don't be misleading, it's it's more about like you'll watch people um, and I can't even think right now what 
they call it, and I'll, I'll probably think of it in a second. I'm sure you guys will, so help me out. But um, when you, oh, clickbait is what they call it, sorry. Uh, clickbait. So somebody makes a title to get you to click on it, but the video is not really about any of it. Um, and that's, to me, a good way to get a viral video, but it's not a good way to build a business, right? So for me, I'm always looking to be very specific with the title so that when people click on it and they go into it, they get exactly what they thought they were going to get. And that keeps them coming back. And also, um, it's what they were looking for. So let's say it's a certain haircut. So then I'm using scissors or combs and clips in it. And it's actually a customer or somebody that's probably going to be a customer of ours on freesaloneducation.com. So they watch the video. They really like it. If I was misleading with the video, I'd be getting people like a uh, consumers or all kinds of different people are never going to purchase a pair of $600 scissors. So that wouldn't make any sense uh, from a branding standpoint. So you guys as a salon or you as a stylist that's trying to grow, you got to look at who's your audience and what are you trying to get them to do? And that's, you know, my big thing with that. So those are my tips, six tips to growing your YouTube quickly. Uh, hope that it helps you guys there. And also, let's see. All right, cool. Everybody seems to be liking it. So let's get into the questions. The first one is, what are faster techniques for cutting layers on medium length hair? I cut hair the way I was taught in school, but I also take a long time on cutting hair because I section. I, uh, I wet the hair and, I, and at the end, I check it. So the reason I want to answer this question that, I, that I'm seeing from uh, hair... It's hair A underscore H uh, on Instagram. So the reason I wanted to really answer this question is because uh, of one thing. First off, people should not be rushing you to do haircuts faster. Um, <coughs> any place that you're in is rushing you to do faster haircuts. Um, is Their goal is not for you to do great haircuts. So um, if that bothers you, I would suggest getting to a new place because I would never push my staff to do a faster haircut. Now, if they're taking over an hour to do a haircut, then we might have a conversation about uh, different techniques that could speed it up because I do believe that you can get that done within an hour. Um, if there's no other things added to it, like different specific styles or um, you know treatments or anything like that, but a basic haircut should not take you over an hour but it shouldn't take you less than a half an hour, right? So anybody that's trying to get you to do a women's haircut in less than a half an hour is not worried about the quality of that haircut. And for me personally, I could not work for a place that was not there for the quality of the haircut because in the end, that salon's never going to last or it's just a cheap salon that gets a clientele that doesn't really care about hair. Um, so that wouldn't be a place that I would choose to work. Uh, so that's the first thing. Techniques for layering, you should section. Um, sectioning makes hair uh, better. It keeps things clean. It keeps it organized. It's You can't do great haircuts and be unorganized. It's just you're going to miss spots. You're going to lose your guide, all that stuff. So all of that is very important. <coughs> Jeez. And then uh, checking it, of course, check your haircut. Um, if you're not checking your haircut, then most of you don't really know if you've done a great haircut. So you need to go through, do a little bit of cross-checking, um, and section your hair. Don't worry about your timing. If you're worried about the timing, 
um, then again, I think you're in the wrong place and I would start searching for something different. Um, but that's what I would say. So medium length hair, long hair, short hair, no matter what section it, there isn't a quick way to layer hair. Um, you can do condensed cutting, but again, you're still going to cross check that you're still going to go through and probably do some dry cutting on it as well. So I always spend an hour cutting somebody's hair and that's just, so any advice above and beyond that to get faster than an hour, I don't really have that advice because I think it takes longer than that. Um, all right, Lord Eighth. Let's see. Oh, actually, so here's something good. So somebody said, in, I think it's Vev, Vevo Dog on, uh, on YouTube is saying, in my country, if I, I keep the client more than 30 minutes, he thinks that you don't know what you are doing. Well, first off, it's a, if it's a he, I don't spend more than 30 minutes cutting a men's cut. Um, so for a women's cut, I believe that first 30 minutes is the wet cut. Uh, maybe 25 minutes is the wet cut. Then the other half an hour is the blow dry and the dry cut. So if you were cutting it wet for an hour, I would think you didn't know what you were doing as well. Um, so just with that being said, as a guy, I would say you should have a guy out. Plus, you're not like in my salon, we're not charging enough to have a guy for an hour. We're charging him for a half an hour of time. So I would make sure that I get him out within a half an hour. Okay, last one. Lord Eighth, <coughs> Lord Eighth underscore says, "What got you into the hair business? Was this always your first choice?" So, to kind of sum my story up real quick, I did a lot of different jobs, and this was actually something I wanted to talk about. I wrote it down to talk about. Um, so maybe we'll get into that a little bit, and I'll just kind of answer that question. Um, have, my thing was have as many jobs as you possibly can from the time that you're 14 to the time that you um, finally figure out what you're going to do, right? So I, at 14, detasseled corn. So, um, I, I grew up in Illinois. That was a big job for us as kids in the summer. That was my first job. Second job was third shift cleaning uh, bathrooms at a truck stop. Uh, on third, yeah, third shift cleaning bathrooms at a truck stop. That job was uh, actually not that bad, but wasn't my favorite job. I worked uh, serving pizzas at Pizza Hut. I did, um, what else did I do? The, let's see, I worked at a gas station again, um, did that for a while. Then I took a job at a radio station um, for my senior year of high school. And I did that job for about two years. That was one of my favorite jobs I ever did. Um, the only reason I didn't keep doing radio was because it's hard to get paid money in radio, like in computers are taking over. So, <laughs> so that was kind of my thing. Uh, then I worked retail at a clothing store. Um, I detailed cars for a little while. Um, and then I finally went to hair school at 21. And I really believe that all the jobs that I had or all the jobs that anybody has kind of mold them into the person that they are, give them different skills that they have. So having all those jobs, especially um, the, the job of, what was my job? Oh, being on the radio, obviously. Uh, being on the radio, editing, uh, audio and all of that stuff, that really kind of, when I got into hair, 
and when this whole transition happened, I was teaching. Uh, I also played music growing up in a band. And um, so like all of those things made me who I am. So what I really love, I love putting out my, my goal when I started doing hair and, and I found out there were DVDs for hair education, all I wanted was to be on a DVD, right? So I started working for Paul Mitchell, worked for Paul Mitchell for 10 years, hoping they would put me on a DVD and that would have made my life goals, right? But the greatest thing that happened was Paul Mitchell never put me on a DVD and finally I got kind of like tired of just trying for that and not getting it and, and my, my job being in other people's hands and I decided to take it on myself and start creating YouTube videos. And that's where all this came from. So um, to answer the question in a quick way, no, I wasn't always into doing hair, but I always had crazy hair because I was playing music and uh, skateboarding and just kind of living that type of life growing up. Uh, had a lot of fun doing it. So um, I always had crazy hair. And when I was detailing cars, I met a guy who said, my wife is a beauty school teacher. Maybe you should go to hair school because I had just bleached my hair out and um, it was orange. It was awful. And he was like, but you really like doing it. So I went and talked to his wife and I became uh, enrolled in beauty school within three months after that. And then found out that there was this whole education career and I, and I flew out from Illinois, moved out here to the East Coast near Philadelphia and uh, started my career, you know, so... Um, I didn't know I always wanted to do this, but I did know I always wanted to do this, if that makes sense. So now I've combined all of these different things from all the different jobs that I've had growing up and put it into um, hair. So it's combining radio and uh, editing and all that stuff and education that I've done and, and all that into one thing. And that is what you guys see now. So, you know, that is... To me, the best thing you can do is just do as much as you can to be inspired and learn things. And uh, and then you'll find yourself doing a job. I love doing this. I, I love that every day I get to create my own radio show, um, but about hair and talk to you guys and, uh, and just have fun with it. But also it's a job. So, all right, cool. So you're welcome. Thank you guys all for... Uh, being a part of this podcast uh, live and also um, make sure if you want, you can join me. I'm pretty much going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do it every day live at three o'clock. That seems to be the best time for me. Um, so if you want to join me live, follow me on YouTube, fseyoutube.com. Uh, really cool seeing some similar people uh, starting to be a part of this podcast. I left the video on for you guys. Um, uh, so that on YouTube you can actually watch. I know that that was a big request yesterday. So we'll just keep evolving it. And let's see. And yeah, so uh, I guess the question for today in the comments below, if you guys want to answer, I love seeing your stories as well. Um, was hairdressing your first choice uh, or what was the job that you really love doing? Uh, thank you guys so much for the continued support of Free Salon Education. Go to Free Salon Education. Don't forget, we have a podcast live tonight. We do it live every Wednesday with the whole team splitting hairs at 8 p.m. tonight. Thanks for listening.